Art and experience art at the Northfield Arts Guild. Visit our galleries, arts festival, and take in a performance at our theater featuring a full season of dramas, comedies, and musicals. The Guild's gift shop showcases unique art from over 100 local and regional member artists. Come enjoy music from the Cannon Valley Regional Orchestra or the 411 Concert Series. We invite you to explore your creativity in one of our classes. All are welcome at the Northfield Arts Guild. To learn how you can be a part, visit northfieldartsguild.org or call 507-645-8877. Art Zany, radio for the imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist, is brought to you by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts. And now, Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Good morning, this is Paula Granquist, and you're listening to Art Zany, radio for the imagination. Thanks so much for tuning into the show that celebrates all things creating and, of course, stories. And today we are going to tune our imaginations together with poetry. So I'm very excited for us today. So first I'll start off by asking if you heard about Taylor Swift's new album, which is a kind of a surprise to go, go that way. But all we know is the title, The Tortured Poets Department. And, of course, when I heard this announcement, I was thrilled that she had poets in the title, but I really wonder how she's going to handle the idea of the tortured poet in the music. But I'm going to leave that for her to tell her story when that comes out. Uh, I just thought that was, let's call it a a boon for poets in the world, that if they're getting attention, we'll go with that. And of course, if you listen to Arts Any Radio, you know that I love poetry. And for me, a good poem is like a good song. And it's You know, the words are selected with care. There's a pleasant rhythm. The heart of the matter is inviting a conversation with the artist and the world, and it's catchy in some way. I also enjoy that, like music, there is a poem out there somewhere for every situation or every emotion. It's a way to share our humanity. And here's one great poetry moment that happened to me in the past month. My daughter came to me with an English assignment. She had a list of poets, and she had to find a poet and a poem for a project. And I was so excited because I knew many of the poets on the list. And I think she was surprised that I knew some of these poets. But what was also fun was we got to go to my poetry bookcase and talk about the artists and and the kind of poems that they wrote. And she got to flip through and we got to read poems together. And I I was having so much fun narrowing down the possibilities. I don't know if she was having quite as much fun as I was, but it was so delightful to help her select a, a poem that might draw her into the project. And she had found a few poems online, and we read some of those together, too. It was really exciting. So I thank my daughter for that experience. She got lots of of points for that. And we settled on the current poet laureate, U.S. Poet Laureate, Ada Limon, and then started paging through her works, reading aloud lines from her poems. And uh, the poem she picked is called, my daughter picked for her uh, project, is called Privacy. The poem centers on two crows that land on the branch of a linden tree. And at our old house, we had a big linden tree. And I think we could both visualize this easily. And that was a way for my daughter to enter the poem. And I loved that it reflected this poem on the way that the poet creates a poem, wants to find meaning in the unfolding event, and that there would be lots to discover for her and unravel in this poem. So I do have Ada Limon reading her poem, which I'm very excited about the opportunity to. I'm hoping this works. This first time I think I've been able to do this. This is from um, 
the New Yorker magazine. This is a po- from their poem section from March 15th, 2021. So here we go. Fingers crossed this works. This is Ada Lamone reading Privacy. Privacy. On the black wet branches of the linden, still clinging to umber leaves of late fall, two crows land. They say, stop, and still I want to make them into something they are not. Odin's ravens, the Bruja's eyes. What news are they bringing of our world to the world of the gods? It can't be good. More suffering all around, more stinging nettles and toxic blades shoved into the scarred parts of us, the minor ones underneath the trees. Rain comes while I'm still standing, a trickle of water from whatever we believe is beyond the sky. The crows seem enormous, but only because I'm watching them too closely. They do not care to be seen as symbols. A shake of a wing, and both of them are gone. There was no message given, no message I was asked to give, only their great absence and my sad privacy, returning like the bracing empty wind on the black wet branches of the linden. Ooh, I just think that's so beautiful. So I hope that you get a chance to read that poem or read more poetry of Ada Limon. Her website is uh, Ada, let's see, I wrote it down here. Uh, now I forgot where I put it. net. I believe. It's A-D-A-L-I-M-O-N. And I know I put it in my notes, so maybe I'll run into it again as we're chatting. But I just think it's, I love that poem because I can read it over and over. I think about those crows and I wonder about the poet's mind at work, which is one of the lines in the poem where she talks about wanting to find meaning. And of course, I'm remembering that magnificent linden in the backyard of our old house and how I'd love to observe all the ways that nature was in action throughout the year. And I can see that scene in that poem from her perspective. Sometimes I think about the poem from the crow's viewpoint. So my advice this week, read a poem and enter that world. There it is, adalimone.net. I was correct. But more importantly, I hope that you will give poetry a chance. You never know where the lines on the page will lead you. And we are so lucky. There's many opportunities in our community to connect with poetry because I think we live in a poetry town. And I'm thrilled to invite you to join us as we explore poetry with our Northfield Poets Laureate, and I hope that we can inspire you to open a book or maybe 10 books of poetry and find a poem that speaks to you. I'm going to welcome my guest to Art Zany Radio. Uh, with me today are all of the Northfield Poets Laureate, which is really <laughs> exciting that we have this incredible group with us. Rob Hardy, welcome to Art Zany Radio. Thanks, Paula. It's a pleasure to have you here again. D.E., or otherwise known as Doug Green. Hi, Paula. It's good to be here. It's great to see you. And Becky Bowling as well. Thank you so much for inviting us. Of course. We're here to talk about what is what is the Poet Laureate, a Celebrate Poetry, and of course, review the open, open appointment process. People may not know that we are looking for the next Poet Laureate, so we'll get to that. You can all find information all about Northfield's poetry uh, world from a Facebook website, Northfield Poet Laureate, and also the um, link for the new poet laureate appointment application is at northfieldmn.gov forward slash poet 
Uh, we'll talk about a couple events coming up as well, but I thought I'd start by just asking each of you to, if you remember um, when you were first connected to poetry and, um, you know, how you, you got excited about uh, being in that world. I may have asked you guys this some, before on some of our shows that highlighted poetry, but I thought it'd be fun for our listeners to, how, you de- how did you develop a poetry mind? Anyone want to begin? Well, um, <clears throat> I wrote a lot of poetry in elementary school and middle school and then kind of stopped in high school, uh, partly because I like to write rhyming poetry. And then I discovered in high school that most poetry written these days is not rhyming. And I, mm. and I liked rhyming. And it wasn't until later that I figured out how to write poetry that doesn't rhyme and now I can't write rhyming poetry. Well that that is a misconception a lot of people have, right? That you have to do rhyming yeah. and there's a lot of poetry that isn't mm-hmm. uh, and you can do rhyming if you love it. Mm-hmm. There's yep. still an opportunity. Yep. And in college I took a creative writing course and the um professor said <clears throat> that my poetry was a work but my prose was um probably about a C. Oh. <laughs> she said, a lot of your prose is trash. She actually <laughs> used that word, but she liked my poetry, so I figured that's what I had to do. <laughs> well, that's, I, I'm not sure what to say to that. <laughs> I guess we're, we're delighted that that's the way it worked out for us, <laughs> but I'm surprised a teacher would say that, um, but uh, it, it steered you in a direction that has been pretty great, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, and you have been the Poet Laureate, um, from 2016 was when you started. 2016 through June or so of last year. Of last when year. Becky and Doug took over. Right. And so that was um, a pretty incredible. Do you remember um, about applying for the Poet Laureate? Yeah. I mean, maybe about 10 years ago, they started the process. They invited the Poet Laureate of Winona to, to Northfield to find out, like, what it was and Mm -hmm. how Northfield could also do it. Um, And then in 2016, they had an application process and um, I just applied and had an interview at the library and got the job. Yeah. And it was, it was really fun. I mean, the pandemic, of course, (laughs) put a (laughs) A little dent in it, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, before that, it was a lot of fun to just go into the schools and get, do readings, invite other poets to town to read, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we'll talk more about that, but thank you for being here. I'm so excited. And we also have then that, that there was a transition time where we were kind of wondering, uh, uh, tell us maybe you want to start talking about how you got uh, connected to the Poet Laureate position. Yeah, um, so Rob had asked us actually uh, a while before we actually did it for a little break um, in in his duties. And we couldn't at that time, but then with your travels mm-hmm. with Clara last year, um, we were ready to become the interim uh, co-poets laureate. And so that's what we've been doing and really loving it quite a lot. How did you get connected, do you think, first to uh, being in that poetry mindset? Um, so, I mean, I've always read and I re- you know like every a lot of people you know mother goose rhymes things like that mm-hmm. dr seuss of course but the thing that sticks out in my head is my grandmother um 
was a very artistic person. It loved the arts, theater especially. And she loved Dorothy Parker. So at a much too early age, I think, <laughs> to fully understand Dor- Dorothy Parker, I got her book, Death and Taxes. And mm. I fell in love with that. I've never been quite as witty as she is, but um, it was something to aspire to. And it rhymed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I didn't remember she had uh, rhyming. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, and Becky at Bowling, you are the other, we call yourselves the Copolos, which I yes. just love. It kind of is, has a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I'd love to hear your story about your entrance into the world of poetry. Um, I don't really remember uh, being into poetry a lot when I was very young, although I did dabble in writing some poems. And uh, But education and becoming uh, a Spanish, a Latin American uh, literature professor drew me into other kinds of literature, including poetry, but also narrative. And my focus became on prose and narrative fiction. But even as I wrote, I got back into creative writing later in my career at Carleton. And with my creative writing, it was novels that I was into. But even in that, it was the turn of phrase Mm -hmm. often in art, uh, a whispered in the middle of the night first line of a chapter that would spark my my interest in getting up that day and writing. And so Doug was at home a lot because we live together. He's my husband. <laughs> and uh, he, he writes poetry all the time. And the more I saw him engaging in poetry, I felt drawn more and more to poetry myself. And the one thing that I loved about it is you don't have to have a plot. <laughs> and so... It, it's something that you can do about anything, and it can be a moment of inspiration and just playing around with language itself. And that's actually why I went into my career, which I learned Spanish, because I didn't have anyone in my, my ancestry that was related to Spanish or Latin American cultures. But I loved playing with language, and that gave me the opportunity to to play with language, to be aware of language and interpretation. And, I mean, what is language except for another way of expressing something else? So that's how that came to happen. And then Doug and I, as retired people, when uh, Rob desperately needed to get a little bit of rest (laughs) uh, and vacation and travel and and so on and time for his own writing... um, we thought, well, maybe we could do it. And it's been fun. And you did have done that since uh, last year in the spring, I think it was, that you started. And uh, we're very grateful for all that you've done to continue the tradition. And as I mentioned, it's now time where, because you, you were very clear about you wanted to be interim. <laughs> that we're going to be moving to selecting uh, a new poet laureate for Northfield. So I thought we should maybe start with just some of the basics. I don't know that everybody knows, well, what is a poet laureate? What does a poet laureate do? They might know that, you know, like Ada Lamone is the current U.S. poet laureate. So those they, they sometimes get attention. 
but I don't know that everybody knows. Let's start with you, Rob. What what, um, what was your expectation of the job? And uh, it's not. And I would say it's it's not like a, a normal job. It's more like just being able to share your passion. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think that because I was the first one doing it, I kind of got to invent what it was, and uh, people would come to me with ideas about promoting poetry or having events and I would say sure let's try it so um, I was just kind of going through and seeing what worked and what didn't and I think that's kind of the expectation that you make the the position your own and you figure out how you want to engage with the position and promote poetry or make it public or um, if you want to invite other poets to town I really enjoyed that because um, it, every time I go to a poetry reading, it inspires me to write my own poetry, and I hear mm-hmm. different uh, different voices, and um, that's just very inspiring. So I enjoyed that part of it a lot. I enjoyed going into the schools and doing workshops with school children. I one of the really fun things is I went into Prairie Creek and worked with the kids to get ideas for a school poem. And we wrote this poem together with their ideas. And then uh, the, you know, the St. Olaf music department does a opera with the students every couple of years and they set that poem to music. So it's now the school song. So that was really fun just to get out there and find different places where you can insert some poetry and mm-hmm. see what you can do with it. Um, yeah, so. and you set the bar high. I think that was, that was something that, that um, I've heard that, because you did so many wonderful things that people thought, well, I don't know if I can uh, <laughs> if I can do that. Because um, I just was looking at your list that you submitted to the Arts and Culture Commission as sort of your summary report, and I was, I was kind of astounded at the, you know, you did 25 poems for public occasions, which you wrote depending on, you know, for different events in the city, uh, different openings or... Um, awards or city addresses or boards and commission events. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, they're just uh, that was just a, a, a beloved gift to the city, and I think those should be collected somewhere someday. Uh, you've organized uh, over fifty poetry readings in that time. You did things like the poetry festival, poetry tour, writers' nights. Um, worked with, like you mentioned, many of the schools, the youth poetry slams. I think was one of my favorites, and the, I think the pandemic kind of stop the momentum on that which is is too bad um you uh the riverwalk steps is something you were involved with that people if you're walking along uh, bridge square and take the steps down to the river you will see that and i love that poem because up or down it reads yeah. which is a really beautiful thing and the list goes on and on just so many ways to celebrate poetry in our community and to help our community sort of um, highlight our uh, interest in it and uh, go ahead and let let people be a part of it. I think that was a big, mm-hmm. that it was, it's for everybody. Poetry is for everybody. And so I just am so uh, thrilled that you spent that much time and mm-hmm. devoted that. And I think that um, there's no expectation that whoever follows will do any of those things. I think, you know, it would be nice to keep the open mic going, but I think that I think that might way, be the one requirement, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. And that basically is just kind of collecting people's names as they come in and, mm-hmm. and calling them up to the mic. So it's not 
burdensome or anything. And I, what I think is nice is there's a, the city is pro, is providing an honorarium or a stipend for the poet, which basically is just kind of acknowledging it. That's acknowledging that you've been chosen for this position, which is partly to honor your accomplishments and to help you uh, continue your career as a poet. And there's also um, through the Friends and Foundation of the Public Library, there's a budget for events so you can bring in a poet that you want mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. invite to Northfield or anything like that. So it's basically, you know, recreate the position. I created my take on it and Becky and Doug have created their take on it. And it's, you know, it's make it your own poem sort of thing. Right. Let's talk yeah. about, about for you and your, your service uh, and some of the some of the highlights, because you did some amazing things, too, that were new and, well, and made it your own. Yeah, we we definitely had a hard act to follow. <laughs> <laughs> but we also in talking with Rob and um, Natalie Draper at the library, um, one of the great things was that you can put your stamp on. You can play to your strengths. Every poet who takes this position, we hope it goes a long time into the future, like forever, mm-hmm. um, um, can really uh, focus on project, a project or projects that they want to do. We love that Rob started the open mic, and I think that was our favorite mm-hmm. part of this. And we expanded the, the list of people on the newsletter. There are quite a few people, both in town and former Northfielders who come to town occasionally, have attended. Um, a lot of participants. There are now some folks coming from the colleges um, on occasion. Um, so that's great. I don't think we were, I, I know we, we have not been as strong in the schools as Rob was. But um, we've done a lot of work with seniors. Mm-hmm. That's not an accident. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so I think that uh, that's been a big part of it. Becky, do you want to talk a little bit about the poets at the depot? Yeah, I was hoping somebody yeah. would. Yeah, some of yeah. the other things. Yeah, I could do that. I, uh, but like Doug, I want to reiterate: uh, the open mic was started uh, not that long before uh, we took over the Copolo position, but um, it was started by Rob. Uh, at the library, and we really enjoyed going to it because mm-hmm. it was an opportunity every uh, month to to read a poem, uh, yours or somebody else's, and also to connect with other people who just were uh, had a passion for poetry. And they came, f- and they are coming from all kinds of different places. Some people even come from out of town for the poetry uh, open mic. So that was really fun, and we have enjoyed doing that. Then there were some uh, projects that were um, were coming up. There were p- uh, readers who were coming in that we introduced at Content Bookstore and at the library, mm-hmm. like uh, Florence uh, Shard, Daisy, and uh, Freya Manfred, and M- Matt Mauk, mm-hmm. and um, oh, Anders Cart. We, Carson, Carlson, Carlson we, we yeah. sorry. And um, 
But the depot was something that we uh, felt really good about because we built bridges between the Twin Cities and Northfield and the local area. And we had four poets that we invited, two who live up in the cities and then two that are local. And then we had an open mic after that. And uh, Mary, East, uh, Mary Moore Easter and Steve Kusunoki. Kus- Stan. Stan. Stan Kusunoki and... Um, Larry Gavin mm-hmm. and um, Diane. Diane LeBlanc, so the and it was wonderful and it was very well attended and you could just tell from that event that there's a hunger, there's a hunger and there's also a community and one of the things that I think Doug and I were uh, happy to do was to try to continue building community around mm-hmm. poetry and the arts in general. So uh, Rob did a wonderful job of being receptive to ideas that came to him. We've been overwhelmed by (laughs) ideas that have come into us and very happy to be tangentially related to them, like, uh, for example, Echoes and Shadows Mm -hmm. at uh, 50 North, which will be an exhibition of artwork based on poems that were submitted to, um, to 50 North. And they, there will be a reading of the poetry at the same time that the exhibit is open to the public at a reception. And that was spearheaded by, help me with the names again, Lo, uh, Michelle um, yeah. Logan? Yes, Michelle Logan. Ma- yep. Michelle Logan and Logan. Uh, Marie Gary. Mm-hmm. And, um, and two artists, I think, and as well. Two, okay. okay. Yeah, but I don't remember. Okay, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. No, I have the dates for that because yeah. the exhibit opens on March 6th, so people can look for that. That'll be up for a couple months, so you can come and see. It's a pairing of the poetry that inspired the artwork, and then there's a reception and reading on April 4th, so look for yeah. details. That's uh, National Poetry Month as well. Exactly, and a lot's going on in National Poetry Month, such as Poetry in a Bag, Mm-hmm. And Doug, uh, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, Mar Valdecantos is, um, she's been running some workshops. I think she did one before the holidays that I attended, which was great fun. It was bilingual also, which was fantastic. And um, she'll be collecting poetry. You can send things to her. Um, if you need her um, email address, you can uh, contact uh Either Becky or me. Yeah, I think if you, and if you just there should be a posting on the Facebook dot com Northfield Poet Laureate. Yes, yes, that's correct. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And um, and that uh, she so she's collecting them. They'll go in bags, and then you it can be your poem or someone else's poem. Again, the idea is just to get poetry out there, and then businesses downtown will be distributing. They'll be available at businesses downtown, so the whole community will be involved in it. Yeah, so it's a way I I just it's to sort of like add a little poem, you know, to your day that is just a little yeah. surprise. Yeah. You need that. Yeah, it, yeah. everybody <laughs> needs a poem a day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a really wonderful thing. And if it, how would you describe our community? Because I think Northfield has a poetry passion that's unlike a lot of other communities. But I would like your perspective on that, Rob. Well, I know one person who had retired and was looking for a place to move after retirement who visited Northfield and saw the poems on the sidewalk and said, this is a place that really respects and values poetry. So this is where I want to be. And he moved here and actually became the most prolific sidewalk poet 
that I know of. Um, so I think that the fact that poetry is visible mm-hmm. and there are so many poets in town, it draws other poets here. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think building that community and making it visible um, just, you know, expands the community and mm-hmm. there's probably some economic de- uh, benefit because people are moving here because they see poetry. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting. Would you say, do you know from your time uh, as Poet Laureate, if there's other communities, how many communities in Minnesota have Poet Laureates? Well, Winona used to have a Poet Laureate, and that's one of the reason why this application period is so important. We need to have uh, more people involved in the leadership mm-hmm. of uh, this community because Winona lost it in part because there weren't, uh, there, it was rotating among a very, very small group. At least that's what I was uh, told. Um, but Minneapolis just started, just opened a poet laureate position, and Hyde Erdrich is the first poet laureate of Minneapolis. How exciting! So, oh, uh, I love her work. <laughs> me too. And um, Rochester. Has a poet laureate? Yes, Rochester has one. Um, I don't know how many. St. Paul used to call Carol Connolly. I don't know if she was officially or not, but she was definitely the poet laureate in um, spirit. She's passed away now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's unusual. I think Duluth also has one, but um, I don't know of any others. Yeah, no. it's it's a really it's a, a wonderful addition to our community. It makes us stand out, and I think it gives a reputation for Northfield as as a place that embraces the arts and celebrates, uh, you know, literary arts. And I think that's a really exciting thing. And we should mention, folks, this is Paula Grankus, where I'm on Art Zany Radio, and we're here with the Northfield Poets Laureate, Rob Hardy. Doug Green and Becky Bowling, and we're talking about this opportunity that exists now that there's an application process to um, to the next appointment of the Poet Laureate, and that call is open right now. You can find the details at northfieldmn.gov forward slash poet, and the um, call, the applications are due by February 29th, so you've still got time, and it's a form you can fill out online. And the overview suggests it's a part of an overall effort to advance the visibility, quality, and appreciation of poetic arts in schools, among practicing poets, and for public audiences. And like we said, there's not a a particular other than maybe supporting those weekly, or no, excuse me, monthly um, poetry readings, poem, Mm -hmm. (laughs) P-O-M-E, poetry, uh, what is the poem? Uh, Poetry Open Mic Evening. Mm at the library, which happens the second Wednesday of the month currently. Um, And, you know, they're hoping that there's someone out there who has a history of, you know, publication or performance of poetry, a passion for poetry, connections in the community, an interest in working with all those different age ranges, and uh, just really wants to share that with the community, as you mentioned. Um, One of the, there's a, a, a requirement that you reside within the Northfield Public School District, and uh, there's an online application available. And it's you know if you have questions, you can talk to Natalie Draper at the library, or anyone of you would be available as well to answer their questions. 
um, you know, you get to do your own thing and, and bring poetry to life in Northfield. And it's, I think it's very exciting. What qualities do you think would make for a good poet laureate? <laughs> I mean, I think every poet is different. And I think that um, I, for example, am extremely introverted. So it was kind of a stretch for me to do some of the things that I was doing. I mean, just hosting readings was a struggle sometimes because mm. I um, got very nervous about it. So for me, it was a chance to um, stretch my comfort zone a little bit, I guess. Um, so um, so you don't have to be extroverted. You can be a stereotypical introverted poet if, you, if, you, if that's what you are. So I really don't think that there's any kind of set expectation of other than that you write poetry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Doug and Becky, do you have? Yeah, I think, I think one thing is I think, of course, love of poetry and love of literature. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I think sharing with the community, it's, it's really in some ways about, I think, someone who's generous mm. um, in terms of um, supporting other folks work and that's been one of the it's it that is such a joy to do that's been one of the great things that like rob um becky and i are not natural um extroverts we're not really extroverted we're very introverted but i think one of the joys of this has been running into other introverts sometimes but um but um, really getting out there and sharing stuff, I think the open mic has been great that way. We've really, in, in following Rob's footsteps, we've really tried to make it, you know, just read what you've got. Don't worry about whether it's the best thing you've ever written or not. Just share it, and then people talk, and it's just been fa fabulous that way. Mm -hmm. um, same with the Poets in the Depot. We got to meet... Um, I didn't know... I knew of Alice Thomas, but we didn't hadn't met her. She's the person who's spearheaded the, the the restoration of the depot and that was just a marvelous experience yeah, that's a gem and, of a space in oh my community. god it's great and it's got great acoustics too musicians so that's what i've heard keep mm -hmm. your ear out for that <laughs> yeah and i think um we're just excited to see you know who is interested in the position again the deadline is february 29th so you still have a little bit of time you can nominate yourself it's a pretty straightforward form, um, but we just want people to step up, as you as you mentioned, Becky, and be a part of mm -hmm. making things happen in our community. Uh, and it'll be it'll be exciting to see. But I thought maybe now we should transition to sharing some poetry, right? That's that's what we're we're <laughs> here for. I know each of you brought some things, and I would love to um, hear what you what you want to share. Could I start? Yes, of course. I have a poem that I dedicated to you. So it's, uh, do you remember talking about tabling, tables, tables yes. as important objects that bring people together for conversation and so on? Mm -hmm. You, you waxed so eloquent about that. And so I was reading, it was a phase of Kay Ryan, who uses uh, rhyme very nicely, by the way, <laughs> and I really love her poetry. Anyway, I wrote, she writes also very skinny, narrow poems. So this, you can't see it, but it's a skinny, narrow poem. <laughs> and it's called Table, and it's a word that can be a noun or a verb. For Paula Grandquist. 
put it aside, an idea going nowhere, flatten it, press it to form mica, or slide it on a slick, polished mahogany, let it cool in the breeze from the dining room window, set it near the sugar bowl, under the fragrant petals of carnations, in a crystal vase, until sweetened and perfumed, it rises and demands to be served. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Remind us the title again of that one. Table. Table. Okay, easy to remember. (laughs) Oh, thank you. That's really beautiful. I do. I have a very strong passion for um, coming around the table and, and sharing things and um, I, I appreciate that greatly because it, it's very meaningful. I think it's a really important part of life. <laughs> so thank you. Wow. <laughs> Somebody take over. <laughs> um, I'll uh, read a, a short poem. Um, I, be, can I preface this with a little bit of stuff? So of Rob, one of the things that Rob really did well was to bring poets together for writing groups. Mm, I've heard he's like yes. a little matchmaker. He is. <laughs> and he matched six of us. One person unfortunately passed away. Mm. Um, but five of us now are publishing a book. We're now officially allowed to call ourselves the Poets of the Northfield Public Library. Oh. We will have a book coming out called We Look West. And we really owe a lot of what we've done to Rob. um, When is it coming out? Well, I can't be exactly sure, but hopefully by April, but it could be a little later. We're not absolutely sure. Spring. And Yes, it's being published by Shipwreck Books, Tom Driscoll and Winona. Mm. And um, this is another aspect of just... um, loving this work, we got to introduce Anders Carlson Wee when he read um, from his book uh, Disease of Kings, which is an absolutely fabulous book. Mm. Um, And I highly recommend it. And he recommended a book by Jack Gilbert that I'm drawing a blank on the title of. But Jack Gilbert had a poem called Divorce. And it's just three lines. And it is an absolutely exquisite um, metaphoric version of divorce, just metaphor. All it's not doesn't use the word divorce. It's not about a relationship. It's just this beautiful imagistic poem. And I thought, gosh, how can I can I learn from this? So reading other poets really is about learning. And so I thought, well, what would I write about? And I said, well, I can't write about divorce. I haven't been divorced. But I can write about marriage. So this is called Long Marriage. In the morning, after exercises, I release the dog from his kennel. We descend the stairs, disturb you writing in your journal. There's a cup of lukewarm coffee with soy on the counter. I chug it with my pills to stave off death and head out into the snow with the dog. We trudge for about three-quarters of an hour in the bare landscape. When I return, there it is again, that lukewarm cup of coffee with soy. Oh, that says a lot. It's really beautiful. Thank you. 
I can I can see that is about a, a beautiful marriage. It's a Valentine's Day poem, I guess we could say. <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> no, thank you. My sure. gosh, and I'm we're definitely looking forward to, to that publication. You'll let me know when that comes out. And sure, we look west is what it's going to be fabulous and all of your books are available at uh, content i believe Mm -hmm. and i hope the library as well uh, to check out i I believe so that's a good question we should make sure that that's happening because that's another great access point for people to discover poets because sometimes you have to find the right voice the right you know uh, that speaks to your mood or your moment and uh, those are two great resources in the community rob i see you have an interesting book there yeah i have two poems sure of course Um, one is from a book called Field Notes by Helen Field Watson. Um, and uh, she was born and died in Northfield and is buried in Oakland Cemetery. And my current project is to find as many poets as I can find who are buried at Oaklawn and collect, do a selection of their poetry um, in a little anthology. And then we'll do a reading sort of a graveside reading at Oaklawn on June 2nd. And then on June 3rd, I'm going to do a history happy hour at the Historical Society talking about these early Northfield poets. I love how that shows that the poetry was alive and vibrant. And I mean, what, what were the years that she was here in Northfield? Uh, she was born in 1885. Wow. And she died in 1978. Very long, healthy life. Yeah, and she... <laughs> Taught for many years in South Dakota. She she was a biology teacher in Mitchell, South Dakota, and then she moved back to Northfield and taught at Northfield High School at the end of her career. Well, fabulous. And so are you going to read one of hers? So I'll read one of hers. Oh, great. Um, this one is called She Sang. I wonder why my mother sang at work. I cannot think it was from happiness. There must have been some other reason why. She said one time at thawing of the snow, I should have been a gypsy. What she meant was that her nostrils widened to the smell of wood smoke, that she turned her head to hear pure, cool, and clear the whistle of the lark. She often bent to touch the frond of fern. So through the years she scrubbed and cooked and washed and smelled the wood smoke from the kitchen stove She mended garments in the fading light, which came through small panes, bubble-flecked and blue, and heard the thrush's plaintive bedtime notes from out the grove. And on her way to rest, to rise perhaps for ailing little ones, she sniffed the wilting ferns the children brought with early bloodroot flowers, and then she sang. Oh, wow. And I, I, I learned this. Yeah, you have a story, which is just, this is like mind-blowing. Like, I just want to say that Helen Watson actually lived in the house where we live right now. So and you recently feel, found that out, right? Oh, we'd known for several years. About actually. 20 years, probably. Oh, okay. I yeah, thought it was more recent. But, but we, we actually have a collection, the collection from which uh, Rob read, And uh, Rob has a a copy, too, that he just found uh, recently. And I'm I'm just completely obsessed with her. (laughs) I just 
think it's so wonderful that Rob just read that poem. Right. And that you're bringing her voice back. And, and there's going to be a couple of events where we can celebrate that and mm-hmm. talk about that. So June 2nd is that first event. We'll be sure and spread the news about that one. You have another uh, yeah. poem. So uh, Helen Field Watson was a Carleton graduate. Um, she was Actually, she was the valedictorian of her Northfield High School class, and she was a salutatorian of her Carleton class. So she Do you know was what very smart. year she graduated? She graduated from Carleton in 1908, I think. Ooh. Um, and so I want to give equal time to St. Olaf um, <laughs> and read a poem by someone who spent his youth in Northfield and... Um, is this one of the poets you've discovered yes, through your Oakland yes, Cemetery yeah. so project? His name is Bjorn Winger, and he graduated from St. Olaf in uh, 1914 and went off to teach um, high school. He was a high school English teacher in Indianapolis. But two years into his work in Indianapolis, World War I started, and he enlisted. And um, he was actually in the Minnesota National Guard, which was federalized at the time so it was the United States National Guard and he was in uh, France in uh, 1918 and 1919 and he um, a year after the Battle of Belleau Wood um, he was at the battlefield which still had been left in the condition it was at the end of the battle a year earlier and he wrote a poem about that. So he's actually kind of Northfield's World War I poet. And this is called When Violets Bloom in Bellow Wood. Ah, little flower of azure hue, God's eyes to mortal gaze revealing, is that a tiny drop of dew you roguishly have been concealing? But no, it is a tear I shed. I felt it quiver on my lashes in Bellow Wood for comrades dead the soldiers' tribute to their ashes. But tell me, little flower of love, how can you live amid such woe? Our Father dwells in heaven above and loves all creatures here below. And twill be in after years on hollowed ground where martyrs stood, where flowed their blood, will fall our tears, and violets bloom in bellow wood. What a great treasure to uncover. So how do you know when you're going through Oakland Cemetery? There's a lot of steps you have to take to figure out who this person is and did they write poetry? And, that, and that's sometimes even family members don't know about their yeah, some, uh, loved one's poetry. Some I already knew about. Um, some I basically just went through the Northfield News and like put in the search word, poem and oh, <laughs> or poet okay. and some of it was that and just a lot of googling um i like the way it connects the history yeah. and the the stories and the people i mean like it's wow what a great project and the great thing is that uh helen field watson and bjorn winger are buried basically right next to each other there's oh. a little road in between them and they're on either side of the road so it's like northfield's poet corner poet's corner <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's going to be, you know, maybe we'll make that a thing. <laughs> that seems exciting. Wow. Uh, what a great story, too, because I bet there's more 
that uh, and how have you been getting the poems that they've written if they weren't published in the newspaper are there um, family members you can contact so Bjorn Winger some were in the Northfield News he was sending them back to oh from, from France France to family members and then the family members took them to the news and the news published them okay that's uh, lucky the one I read was actually in the 1920 St. Olaf yearbook which was called the Victory Viking oh wow um and I'm going in a couple weeks to the Norwegian American Historical Association at St. Olaf, which has a great archive, and they have some more of his poems there. So You'll be discovering more. Yep. I love that. And that is, um, what a treat. Poetry can take you so many places. I mean, there's just an endless possibility. Um, some beautiful work today. What else uh, should we talk about? What have we missed? What do we want to share i know all of you were at an event at the rotary club the uh, why poetry now and that might be an appropriate uh thing to talk about oh well we were invited by jim holden who had taken uh doug's course through cvec on why poetry now that's the cannon valley elder collegium right and um so he invited us to come and talk to the rotary club and to speak in particular about poetry in northfield Uh, we gave them the uh, title as living language why poetry now Mm -hmm. and we took turns they loved the fact that we quote from one of the people who came up after the talk i loved how you choreographed that <laughs> so <laughs> and we love dance so that makes it <laughs> that made it very special a very special comment and um we spoke about we read a little bit of poetry and we talked about why it mattered and what need there is for poetry today yeah i think um we one of the quotes that we used in that talk um, was from Asphodel, That Greeny Flower by William Carlos Williams. Mm. It is difficult to get the news from poems, yet men die miserably every day for lack of what is found there. And I think about Rob reading the World War I poem and um, what that means. There's stuff in poetry that matters. There's a kind of... I was thinking about the Ada Limon poem, too, that you read there's a kind of tension in poetry that I think is a good tension between what's out there like the crows and then what's inside us what we want to make of those things yes that help us see sometimes the things more clearly but sometimes ourselves more clearly or the world more clearly and so that's one of the interesting aspects of poetry as a kind of necessity as and not a luxury as the poet Audre Lorde um, said yeah it's a way to process the world and to make sense of things or to share and and there's so much that that the act of writing poetry can do but also just listening to poetry just being present for for the words and um, taking them in and finding that voice that connects with you and so uh, you are three of the most passionate people about poetry and we've been so lucky to have you in Northfield as our Northfield uh, Poets Laureate uh, or Copolos, which I, I, that just, you know, I just, I love saying that. <laughs> I think 
think we should probably ask for another couple to, to do it in the future so they can continue that. Yeah, it'll be really fascinating to see. We hope that we have lots of, of people that are nominating themselves, um, that there are poets that are excited to, to you know take on this. I'm certain that all of you would be available to you know, give them uh, answer questions or give them ideas or make connections. And actually also support the Poet Laureate. And Rob and other poets have come up when we haven't been able to do something. So you're not alone. Right. Yeah, I think that's a really good point that the Poet Laureate is a sort of a, a model, maybe a, a, a leader, um, a steward, Mm-hmm. Um, and a nurture of uh, poetry in community, and there are many people who will do things. That one of one of our dear friends was uh, going around putting up posters for us, mm-hmm. and um, and she also subbed for us one uh, at a recent um, event. Rob was going to sub for us, but he was ill. He got <laughs> ill, and so then we went to Heather, and she stepped in, and she. Uh, did the the poetry event for us that that month yeah it's a great community i think we're really lucky in this town i want to remind people that that northfield poetry open mic evening p-o-m-e and it's you can read your poetry or if you want you can just share a poem that you love that you just want to read out loud and bring to the attention of everybody in the audience and that's hosted by by you uh becky and doug and it's the next one is Wednesday, the fourteenth of February. It's Valentine's, Valentine's Day. You can bring a love poem, or, or you're not, like. or not. <laughs> <laughs> and that's at six thirty, and it's right in that public atrium in the library. And it's every second Wednesday. So, if you can't make the fourteenth, then you can come the thirteenth of March, tenth of April, or the eighth of May. And a reminder, too, to collect your poems to contribute to the poem in a bag. And that information you can get at facebook.com, Northfield Poet Laureate. And really exciting. I love celebrating poetry. And I hope we'll do something in April uh, to uh, celebrate more and bring some attention to poetry. And I don't know when we'll have the announcement, but maybe that might be a good time Mm -hmm. to make the announcement. So thank you, everybody, for being a part of the show. It's really a thrill. Thank you. It's uh, Art Zany Radio, and we love poetry. So bring your ideas. We'll see what can happen for uh, poetry in Northfield. Folks, you've been listening to Art Zany Radio for the Imagination. I thank you so much. I hope you always remember to add some Art Zany to your life. And in the meantime, till next time, enjoy your imagination. You've been listening to Art Zany, Radio for the Imagination, with your host, Paula Granquist. Art Zany is brought to you each week by the Northfield Arts Guild and by the Paradise Center for the Arts in Faribault. The Paradise Center for the Arts is a vibrant cultural and artistic gathering spot in historic downtown Faribault. The Paradise is committed to offering high-quality visual and performing art opportunities for Faribault and our region. Regular events spotlight some of the best artists and musicians in our area and throughout Minnesota and the Upper Midwest. Our beautifully restored facility includes art galleries, classrooms, clay and textile labs, a gift shop and rehearsal spaces, in addition to a 300-seat auditorium. Visit ParadiseCenterForTheArts.org for a full schedule of events or call our box office at 507-332-7372. 95.1, the one station where you won't hear the same songs hour after hour.